2: Afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Matt here with you in the producer chair. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai—all new, pre-owned inventory—all at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com so we're going to have Bob Nightingale today from USA Today's World Series Game 1 is tonight, he'll now join us tomorrow and we'll have Neil Coolong today, a lot to get into with the Steelers as well as Penn State with, as these coaching rumors continue and Mike Tomlin today tersely denying the USC rumors and I don't blame him for being upset by that but The question had to be asked. I was a little surprised it wasn't earlier in the press conference. It was actually, in fact, the last question, and then he kind of stormed off from that. Because, again, as Steve and I mentioned yesterday, why would he even go to a a mess that is USC right now and leave from what he's been doing with the Steelers? I, I just don't think that would make a lot of sense. I know, could there be more money? Maybe. But I don't think Mike needs that at this point in his career. I think he's accomplished enough. It still could even do more. Who knows? So that's as far as Mike Tomlin goes. Now with James Franklin today, listen, here's the thing. For the times he misspoke throughout the press conference today, for those of you who didn't know, he apparently said Illinois a couple of times instead of Ohio State. And he called... Uh, he referred to the big house and going on the road to the horseshoe instead of saying and going on the road to the horseshoe. So a lot of people have created more speculation as to is, is he that distracted and this and that. Listen, he doesn't help himself at all by misspeaking there. And this is a little unfair on his part, but unfortunately that's just the way things are right now is he may he might be sleep deprived, who knows? He he looked very tired. Audrey Snyder of the Athletic pointed that out that he probably is on a, a, a lack of sleep and that's why he might have misspoke a couple the few times that he did today. But even so, it doesn't matter what kind of state you're in going into that press conference. You have to be fully focused and he looks like he has always has prepared notes and stuff like that from his opening statement. Maybe he needs to prepare a little bit more if he knows he's going to be tired. Maybe he's not thinking straight. That's just... I I think that's just how it is. Again, that's that's not really fair to say. But... Unfortunately, that's just kind of the the state that he's in right now, given these distractions. And a lot of it's not his fault. Because he's correctly refuted them all. But... When you know you're going to be asked these questions, you got to make sure you have your facts straight, or at least what you're going to say straight. Because now, you have created more distraction with this, now that he's misspoken a few times in this press conference today. I know he was asked about that in a very perfectly worded question by Corey Geiger, who we've had on the show here before. Again, you're talking about managing... 118 to 22-year-olds. And a good amount of them, especially the starters, like Ashawn Clifford, etc., are, are the guys on the leadership council, quote-unquote, that James Franklin always alludes to, are going to be mature about it. But it's human nature to not think about these things or just to get distracted by it because they're still going to be asked about these questions as well. So it. A lot of it's a lot of it's a little bit unfair, Steve, but unfortunately it's just the way things is right now with James Franklin.
0: Well, I'm not leaving.
2: (laughs) I know you're not. Oh, I thought you were concerned I was leaving. No. No. That is the one thousand percent definite of this (laughs) Penn State program right now is we know you're staying, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) and depression
0: reigns with that statement. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, you just took the other went oh for goodness sakes we we want James to stay. That clown show can go. <laughs> I mean, you're
2: 40 years into it. I mean, so <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um yeah. So uh, uh look.
0: I I go back to um uh, what I said yesterday about this. And and it's the same answer I gave on the show Saturday. This very nice person came up and he asked a question about, you know, it was a very roundabout question about like status of recruits, and you know, James' future, and it was a roundabout question. It just, you know, perfectly fine. Let's and it was very nice. It was well worded, and I. And first of all, I thanked him for being there because it, it was a lousy day, <laughs> right? Like a lousy day. Um, and because it was a lousy day, um, uh, I was just grateful he was there. <laughs> um, so, and I think I've given this answer here before, um, but I'll start, I'll, I'll at least revisit it. Okay. Actions speak. Uh, obviously, words are important because look at what how, Mike Tomlin's words today. How about that? Okay. Mike Tomlin was about as angry and as blunt about it as anybody. So words, in that case, have meaning. So if anybody thinks Carson Palmer, you know, whatever – Wait, Dan Patrick asked him the question. Dan should ask him the question. But Car- Carson Palmer, the only thing the only way he's close to the situation is that he's a USC alumnus. Okay? And maybe you can pull Mike Bone aside and ask a question or two. That's about it. I don't think he's on the selection committee. Uh I think he ended up getting caught. Um and I think that's what happened. But so we heard Mike Tomlin's answer. It's not the same answer James Franklin's giving. Okay. Although, you know, he actually did when he was asked by uh, Audrey Snyder today, like that. He started out by saying, yeah. Okay. And then went into the rest of the answer. Okay. Now let's get into his actions. What are his actions? His actions are as follows. Whenever they have a home game, and, of course, in the month of September into early October, they had four consecutive home games. He's been spending his mornings on Friday going to schools. And I can't remember which game it was. It may have been the Indiana game. I think it was the Indiana game earlier this month. And he visited, I think, five schools in the Philadelphia area on that Friday morning. Got back in time for the dynamic warm-up, which when they're going on the road, is at 10 a.m.? Uh, when they're home, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. So he got back to State College in time for the dynamic warm-up. And then when the dynamic warm-up's over and they go over to the hotel, he, bump gets out of the hotel, and he goes to, and he, he goes at least to one game and maybe two. Um, And, of course, you know, many of them are guys that have already verbally committed. And then, of course, he gets back in time to then go with, you know, then go through everything with his team because you've got to be both thinking about the future and thinking about your team. Okay. So then during the bye week, and I know I've outlined this, I think last Thursday night he was in – um he and Terry went to Pittsburgh, okay, to see a player. Uh obviously to see a player. <laughs> okay. Obviously to see a player. And then he went to Florida and made the tour down there, and he made sure he got to Ohio Friday night to see a certain player, okay. I I think the one he went to see in Pittsburgh, I don't know if that player is verbally committed or not, but we all know the player in Ohio has verbally committed. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Because, like, you know, it's it's an NCAA violation if I stray beyond that point, okay? And then, on Saturday, he... I think he may have been in Virginia Saturday. Now think about how exhausting that schedule is. And why are you putting together that kind of exhausting schedule over a three-week period if you're not working hard for the future of the program you're in charge of right now? So on... The level of words Mike Tomlin wins big, right? I think it's fair to say. I think Mike Tomlin left no gray area. How about that? I think that's fair. But James Franklin's actions, you can't just sit there and and listen to the words, even though it's fair for you to listen to the words, very fair for you to listen to the words, because you want to hear the same thing out of James as a fan that Mike Tomlin said today. But the difference is is that Mike Tomlin needs to say the words because there's nothing in his actions that could give you a hint at all, right? Because in pro football, they have a press conference, they coach and practice, and then they, they get ready for the game. In college football, you have to you have to not only get ready for the game, but you have to recruit. And he's not going, you know, he's not going to the Bayou recruiting, and he's not going to California recruiting. He's recruiting players that are that are he's trying to lock in for Penn State. So yes, you want I, a fan wants to hear that definitive, like Tomlin said today. But Tomlin doesn't have to back it up with action because it's the pro game. You coach, and you draft, and you coach. In college, yes, it's not the definitive statement at a press conference, but his actions are telling you something too, aren't they? So... I'm saying, I think you need to look at the full area of it. it. Look, he has worked very hard in his career. Whatever you think about the long game and so forth, to attempt to make this place, you know, you know the, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Um, I'm trying to think for the suit, if that's true. Have you thought about that? No. Get the
3: lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor.
0: Actually, i tried to think about that from our point of view, Matt. Like, we go into the staff meeting, and like you feel like the grass is really green, and then somebody starts talking, and all of a sudden you feel like there's a brownout.
2: Yeah, that depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> right? But James has worked very, very
0: hard and pushed very, very hard to make the grass as green on this side of the fence as it is on the other side at other places. That's what he's tried to do. Now, we'll see how this goes. Now, as for the agent thing, I mean, I think it came up after the show yesterday, right? I think it was after the show yesterday. And I, mean, I kind of brushed the whole thing off because, I mean, I knew about it this summer. I mean, like, okay.
3: <laughs>
0: Nobody makes announcements on their agent. Hey, by the way, I've got a new agent. I want to sign out a press release. I've got a new agent. Nobody does that. Yeah. You know? Is one of those like, other oh, guys gonna okay, that's why the trace isn't gonna do anything.
3: Okay, got it. <laughs> it's just, okay,
0: It just turned out it came out now. I was like, okay. That's why I didn't really think twice about him. Like, yeah so what? Uh, now the suits agent, the suit's agent actually comes from a uh a, a, a prestigious Washington law firm. You know all about them, right? Do we cheat them and how?
3: No, señor! No, señor! No, señor!
0: On News Radio 1070 WKOK.
2: Are you committed to being the head coach here beyond this season?
1: Yeah, you know, obviously, I've been asked this this question multiple times, and uh, you know, my focus is is completely on Illinois and this team uh, and this program. I think I've shown over my eight years my commitment to this university and, and this community, um, and that's that's kind of my statement.
2: You coach 118 to 22 year old young men, James. Is it realistic to think that? none of them would be distracted by all this noise yeah
1: again i i think that's 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 fair Corey. um you know um it has not been uh a discussion or an issue that i've heard from the staff or i've heard from the players i've met with the leadership council uh we've kept it you know very direct um and obviously um you know there, there's there's things that um you know that we have discussions in in great detail, you know, in our building with our family and the players and and the staff, um, you know. So we try to do that the best we possibly can. I think we've done a pretty good job of that over my eight years here, um, and we'll continue to try to do that. There's things that that we can control, and there's things that we can't, you know, from the outside, um, you know. But this is this has been kind of a story that's that's happened on numeral numerous occasions. And we just try to keep it as focused as we possibly can. But I think it's a fair question, and I understand where it's coming from, Corey.
0: Is it a distraction? It's an interesting question. I mean, a lot of questions come up when things don't go right on a given weekend, which they didn't this weekend. To be honest with you... I think the time it becomes a distraction is when the players have to meet with the media and they're asked about it. But when they're practicing or they're working around it, I know I'm standing there, I don't even, I'm not thinking about it.
3: I mean, I don't even think about it till it comes up in a in a press deal or whatever or there's a report somewhere. Then you're like, Oh, okay.
0: But like when you're out there practicing and they're practicing, and I'm standing there, I'm watching it, none of us are standing there thinking about it or talking about it because you're not
3: thinking about it. I don't think they're thinking about it when they're practicing. I think it's one of those things that you don't really think about it until somebody like brings it up to you and you're like, oh, oh yeah.
1: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio
0: 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve
3: Jones. It's funny because I was interviewed today about it's a feature story, whatever, okay. Um,
0: because. Between doing the play by play the last 22 years and the eight years I was the third guy from 83 to 90, so this is my 30th season all together doing say football. So they went. So I was asked if I've ever been tempted to leave for another job. <laughs> I
3: started laughing. I'm thinking, great. Now I got to answer this. <laughs> oh, by Almighty!
0: And, you know, they said, you know, they said, you know, what's what's kept you from leaving? I said, well, they offered me the show with the suit. And I said, I said then after two years, I was tempted to
3: leave. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> like, Please, somebody offer me a job somewhere.
0: <laughs> no, I'll tell you the, the, exactly the answer I gave. I said, yeah, I've been offered yeah other jobs. Of course I have uh, along the way. It was just, you know, you're you're appreciative that somebody has interest in what you know they think you might be able to help them um, but in my business everybody in their business has a job that they think is the job okay and I knew I couldn't get the shikalumi job so because I was already taken
3: s-u-i-t that spells suit. da
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's the equivalent of a jersey barrier in this job uh, and I said, look, everybody has what they think is the job in their given profession. And in our given profession, I think a lot of people would probably say, hey, I want to be at ESPN, I want to be at ABC, I want to be at CBS, NBC, whatever. But for me, broadcasting Penn State football, to me, has always been the job. That's why I haven't even thought about anything else. That was... That was the answer I gave. I thought it was you know, I thought it was a good answer at the time. Yeah. And uh I had to work the suit in somewhere there, so They said, What what it would it take for you to leave? I said, working with that guy again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Not the right answer. No senor!
3: No, senor, no senor
0: Chiefs at home going, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you sir
3: are my hero. All
0: right, so, um, so let me give you a one quick Sean Clifford thought, okay, uh, about last Saturday, not this Saturday. I think this Saturday. I think uh, you can uh, you can kind of tell he's. Getting himself like pretty much on track. How about that? Um, and I'll give you a historic example. When Penn State uh, was in the 2000s, Zach Mills became Michael Robinson, who then became Anthony Morelli and then Daryl Clark. So what made the offense click so well with Michael Robinson and Daryl Clark but maybe not quite especially in the red zone with Anthony Morelli okay wouldn't that I Morvia mean, Morelli a superior arm strength you know I mean I mean you're talking about a guy you could stand on the sideline of practice and uh, um, and you could hear the ball go by I mean, that's the kind of arm Anthony had. But the difference was that when you got to the red zone, as a defense, you didn't have to commit somebody to him specifically. In other words, the, the fancy word is spy him. Because there was no real threat that Anthony was going to run. So Penn State had to work a little bit harder in the red zone with... The running game had to work harder in the red zone with the passing game to be either more precise or get open because the threat of Anthony running wasn't there as opposed to when Michael Robinson was there, boom, he could take off and run. Even in the game that they lost in 2005 to Michigan, Penn State took the lead with 52 seconds to go, and it was Michael running a quarterback draw to score. Darryl Clark was the same way. And you notice in the game against Iowa... After Darrell had suffered the concussion at Ohio State, he played against Iowa. Whenever they went to Wildcat, they moved Derek Williams over to be the Wildcat. And Williams even completed a pass in that game to Isaac Smolko. Um, it was not out. It was one of the tight ends. Okay. And Derek completed a 25-yard pass down the middle. But that's how they got around it. Uh,. But Darryl had the threat of running and he, when they played in the Alamo Bowl they kept using Daryl Clark and the Wildcat in the Alamo Bowl to give the threat of a run in the red zone because Anthony couldn't. So on Saturday all of us watched you know uh, Sean go down a couple of times you know give himself up just slide go down okay and i think in this game that's where now look and you've got a wide open playbook i mean you're you know you've got all these plays i mean it's just it's just not you know it's just a fraction of what you do but it is another option and when you're in a game where you've got nine red zone opportunities it turned out that that part of your offensive package two parts wasn't there for you Right, It wasn't like they were afraid of whatever because they threw the pass to Sean. And that, sh- that play was going to work. But one of the reasons that play was going to work is that they weren't spying him. So they could commit across the end zone in a tight area to shut down passing lanes because they didn't have to commit a person to shadow Sean to spy him. And that did, I think, make a little bit of a difference. Not huge, but it's at least part of, okay, he played, he gives you the best chance of winning without question. And he was ready to go. But it also was a part of the package that didn't appear to be available that maybe in this instance could have helped. It is interesting that when you get into a season... Uh, And in the season, you'll play it out, and people remember the great moments of a season. Penn State in 86 won the national championship, right? And everyone remembers them beating Miami in the title game. And then a deep dive in the regular season, everyone remembers them going to Notre Dame and winning, and Bobby White making big plays at the end. And everyone remembers going to Tuscaloosa when both teams were undefeated. What was it? It's got to be, what, 35 years ago yesterday was the game? 35 years ago yesterday? That they went to Tuscaloosa. Both teams were 7-0 and undefeated. Penn State won 23-3. People remember that. But there was another game that season of note. And it's interesting because... Um oh good the suit just sent me an email. His emails are the the same as his conversations mm-hmm. with you. Like this is eight pages.
3: S U I T that spells suit da
0: Yeah, I wish it was that short. <laughs> so they play the game with Cincinnati and see what what reminded me of this yesterday was seeing Dan Conlan yesterday out there at Penn State basketball practice. Dan is a walk-on in the basketball team. His father is Shane Conlon. Well, Penn State played Cincinnati, and, of course, it was a game where Penn State was the prohibitive favorite. Well, Penn State just isn't playing well. Cincinnati's winning, winning, winning. You're looking around like, what the heck is going on here? And then finally in the fourth quarter, Shane Conlon, Dan's dad, made a play and Penn State, I think it was special teams and got a safety turned the whole game around then John Schaefer on the ensuing throws a pass over the middle to Blair Thomas, they get out to the 50 yard line, another pass to Blair Thomas A run by David Clark, they take the lead they win the game 23-17 every once in a while in a season, you get a game like that and it ends up being forgotten, but it's one of those like you're like, Oh my god, well, we were we lucky to survive that. Penn State's game at Illinois in ninety-four. Ugh, you're down twenty one nothing. I wow lucky to get through that. People remember it was a great comeback and they won the Big Ten title, but it was it was a game that they should not have been in that kind of predicament. All right. And on Saturday they get into one of those games. And you know what? They couldn't dig themselves out of it to win it. It's just it. Ha- every once in a while, you get into one of those games where you you are supposed to be boom, the team, the moment, the deal, right? And you look around and go, "I don't get what's going on here." And most times, you survive it. And they didn't survive it. You're like, ugh that's what makes it hard that's what makes it hard you're just just trying to find some way to survive it they didn't He has all, all sorts of instructions here.
2: I figured that, yeah. And it's
0: right. Well, some of these I go to line four. I think this is how to start your car.
3: <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor.
0: I think he sent me the wrong thing, because I mean this has this has to do with you know, like I mean you've seen his Lamborghini, right?
2: Now that's news to me.
0: Well, no, that's that's what these are—the instructions for. (laughs) Change license key. Paste this in the box. Really, (laughs) right? Lamborghini should start on first turn uh, on first push of button. Make sure brake is pushed down. What what are we doing here?
3: (laughs) Oh my almighty!
0: <laughs> oh. This is our guy getting it done. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. I don't really, I'm trying to figure out where he wants me to go with this thing. Go to settings and click. Okay, Lamborghini should be able to start from 200 yards away. <laughs> Ever tell you the story about the time I watched the Lamborghini get saved?
2: No, actually.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I was at the Orange Bowl. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I don't mean... This is the Orange Bowl in 85. 85 Orange Bowl. Okay, we're staying at the Fountain Blue Hotel on Miami Beach. So we go out to dinner, and there's a Lamborghini sitting in the front. I remember we went out to eat, and it was... Myself, It was George Paterno, Fran, Roger Corey, and there's one other person that went with us. Okay. And I was like, okay. Uh, and we go out and look, look at that car. Like, holy, holy cow, wow. So we go out, we come back, and as we're coming up the big circular driveway at the Fountain Blue. This car pulls up, and the guy gets out, and the valet wants to jump in. That's Jack, by the way. (laughs) So you're wondering. Uh, and, And the guy jumps out of the car, and he didn't quite put the car completely in the park. And the car started going backwards, and it's headed right for the Lamborghini. And the valet jumps into the car. Right? And slams the brake on four inches away from the Lamborghini. Okay?
2: And all of us stopped and,
3: yes! (laughs) Everybody was applauding. This guy was a hero.
2: I would have done the same thing. (laughs) Wow. Holy
0: cow. How about that move, huh? Oh, my goodness. All right. We'll take a break, we'll come back in a moment. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
1: Now, I'm not going to get into the details, Rich, but what I will tell you is th- this is being reported now, um, but this is something that happened over the summer. Um, you know, obviously, I didn't make an announcement. Uh, I don't know anybody that ever does when when that happens, uh, but this is something that happened over the summer that's just being reported now. Mm-hmm.
3: I most people don't announce, uh, hey, I got a new agent.
0: Right? I mean, it doesn't usually happen, right? I got a new agent. People don't usually, usually, agent, you know. In fact, every once in a while you hear about somebody changing an agent, but I don't know. At least I don't usually hear about it.
2: I don't know. Well, I think probably why it got reported now is this guy, it's Jimmy something I think is his name. Jimmy,
3: Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton is very yes. famous agent, by the
2: way. Exactly. And he like, he's, he's got a number of big names that are also involved in this coaching rumors for all the big name schools right now. So I think that's why it's become a story
3: yeah okay
0: it, it's just one added layer of whatever that's all yeah there are layers so it's always a lot of intrigue as to what's going on and you know my attitude about these things I can't control it, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> right? I only can, I only worry about what I can, can control. That's right. And so, like the suit, for example, sent me this any desk thing. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't work. Change like a of Then click on the green register key button. You should be set up. No, <laughs> I still get the same message. Okay. Yeah, we'll survive. Bob Nightingale's going to join us from the World Series tomorrow. That w- that should be fun. Game one is tonight. Um, Charlie Morton didn't he used to pitch for the Pirates?
2: Is he pitching in like his five thousandth World Series game since he left? Correct. Yes. Yeah, one of the yeah. many nightmares of the Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Yikes.
0: I uh, know also Chelsea Janes from the Washington Post World Series tomorrow. Reginald Walker coming up in the show tomorrow. High School Roundtable on Thursday. Suit's going to join us on Thursday, right?
2: Um, I, I, I don't I, know. I hear,
0: no, I hear nothing. I hear nothing. <laughs> you give me nothing.
2: I, I think it's still going to be the Chief. I mean, I hear nothing. You give me nothing. I guess. Like,
0: uh, you know, I, look, I realize he's trying to save his voice for Friday, right? Dave's fresh all the time because he never gets a chance to talk. So the other guy's saving his voice. Here are the steps to register. I registered. I still get nothing. <laughs> In five days, you'll know I'll only be able to use this. Okay. Ay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Session closed. All right, we're done. That's it. I'm not looking at it the rest of the day. I can't. <laughs> Are you sure this is what he sent me? Supposed to help? That's what I was told. We'll get her done. And he, and he wonders why all of his mail to me goes to spam.
3: <laughs> Let me know if you have any issues, but don't call
2: me. <laughs> He says that to me now, too.
0: Well, he has a title now in his email.
2: Yes, All right. he does.
0: All right, Executive VP, national sales, SBC media partners, somebody broadcasting corporation, King, the suit, numero <laughs> uno, top dog, big man on campus. I mean, by the time you get to it, You're not even sure where the emails ended.